Welcome to The Straight Cut. My name's Steve Garland. I'm Aaron Shuttleworth. And we are coming to you again from West End Cigars in Little Rock, Arkansas. You ready for another episode, Aaron? Oh, you know I'm ready. Yeah, we've got a good episode coming up. Um, so this week we are smoking the Camacho Triple Maduro, one of the powerhouse cigars in the humidor. Oh man, this is just full octane from the second you light it up until you put it down. Yeah, it's great. Um, for the guys that love the full-bodied stuff, it's spectacular. Um, we do have a few guys that say it's a little too strong for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have some guys that say it, it has kind of a metallic flavor because of how full it is. And I, I get that. I get a little bit metallic at the end, but only in the last part of the cigar. But yeah. everything about it, though, I really like. Yeah, I do, too. It's one of my uh, one of my favorite Camachos. Mm-hmm. But we had a cool episode, guys. We've got uh, Superstar here, Mr. Gary Lewis. How you doing tonight, Gary? Man, I am doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm high right now, smoking a cigar and drinking <laughs> beer, 9% intake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so we've got a, uh, a special treat on the pairing tonight. Um, so we've, Aaron actually was down um, for an event. We were we were working with uh, Stone's Throw Brewing here in Little Rock, um, and they had their anniversary stout, which is a uh, imperial stout of their original blend, the Seamus Stout. And it is spectacular. I'm assuming you've had this multiple times. Oh, my gosh. So, so many times. I, I'm, I'm a stout guy. Yeah. Love Guinness. Guinness is my favorite beer. That Seamus Stout, I mean, it's tied neck to neck with that with that Guinness. If, you, if you're a yeah. stout drinker, this is definitely a stout beer for you. Yeah. Gary, what do you think of it? Well, i got to tell you, um, it's been a while. It reminds me when I was in Canada playing Canadian football and the beer as far as the intake is high. So I'm on my third glass right now, so you know it's good. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's a 8.5% ABV, so a little higher than most of the stuff we get here in Arkansas. Um, what I think our standard stuff's like 4.2, is that right? Yeah, like 3.9, something no, like that. No, it's 4.2, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, really good, um, you know, dark, fuller beer. Um, but it's not like overpowering on no. the palate. I mean, you can't even, well, especially this one. I mean, you can't even see. Oh no, yeah, you can't it's even see dark. through it. It is motor oil. Yeah, it's dark. But um, it goes well with this dark cigar. So. Yeah, it does. But yeah, so this this beer came about. This is the first blend that they ever did. Um, July fourth, twenty thirteen. Um, the Seamus Stout was born, and then every year, um, what they do is they they seal a, a batch of it up in a barrel. Mm-hmm. let it age and then re-release it um, on the anniversary july 4th and uh it becomes the imperial stout and uh it is it is awesome if you guys are anywhere near here go by there and get you some they're they're one of one of the best breweries in the state maybe even the country oh by far i mean it is, it is my favorite local one and, we yeah. have, and little rock has so many good ones but this one is just my favorite like we like you're saying we worked the event last saturday um i tried a new beer I'm a big cider fan, too. They had a pine apple cider. Yeah, my oh. wife loves that one. Oh, my gosh. The yeah. first time I ever had it, and, like, I started with the Seamus at the event, and it was still when it was, like, 98 degrees outside and 100% humidity, and then I ended the night with this with the cider. Should have gone reverse because I could have just yeah. drank so many of the of the pineapple ciders. It was yeah, it's so such good. a refreshing drink. Oh, yeah. Especially when it's hot out, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's great. We're outside just selling cigars for you know six hours, and that's what I needed. Not the not the uh, not the heavy stout, but I love my stouts. All that hair on your head, <laughs> I know. And your it, face. It was so hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gary, we know you've smoked this triple Maduro. This is this is one of your normal go tos, right? My number. Well, my number two. Number two. Yep. Grand Cogeno is my number one. 
Grand Cajonin. I, I got to tell you, full body, this was my first one. Yeah. And, and damn near threw up when I tried it for about an hour. <laughs> and been hooked ever since on full body cigars. So this this is a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, it is, uh, it is spectacular. We'll get a little more into the blend and, and some more cool information on this cigar later. But uh, let's start with a little bit of your smoking history. When uh, when did you start smoking cigars? Uh, probably about 15 years ago. Um, was coaching at the time, was yeah. working on my doctoral degree, and every time I would pass a course, get an A or a B, I would celebrate, and I would buy a cigar. And started out light, Corona, and then gradually built up to uh, full-body cigars. Yeah. So this, that's all I smoke, full body, nothing else. Yeah. You remember your first cigar? My first one I, I probably was uh, Corona, then Acid, and didn't really like the acid taste. Yeah. You know, it was good, but didn't like all of the, the flavor on the tip of it. And gradually went on to, uh, I think it was the Macanudo Vintage uh, Maduro. Oh, yeah. Smoked that for a while and, and tried to trip Maduro. Camacho, Truth Maduro, and then got hooked on a Grand Cogino. And those are my two favorite favorites. Yeah. Only those two. Uh, so if, if I don't see one, I go to the other and then go from there, try to find something else full body. Yeah. Well, it's like every time you walk in the door. Oh, like, you guys like, have it ready. Like, we don't, uh, you don't even have to go in the human door now. Don't, even, just, don't even ask what I'm smoking. You guys have it. Right. Here you go. It's, it's if we don't have one, <laughs> we know to go to the other. Yep. Oh, man. That's why I love coming here. Yeah. yeah. We try to take care of you. You guys are great, man. Everybody <laughs> here. So yeah, I, I I love coming here. What I come two days a week, uh, maybe oh yeah, at maybe least three. Yeah, yeah. Um, have office hours sometimes, you know, and um, just love being here, man. Which I can rent an office space out here to smoke all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do, you know. Yeah, <laughs> smoke the office up. Um, well, tell us about some of your favorite cigars. What are what are some of the other ones you smoke? I would say Perdomo, Oliva. Um, I'll probably do the um, Jaime Garcia, if I'm saying that right. Yeah, yep. Um, they're about my top four. Um, and after that, I would say LFD. Yeah. You know? But as long as it's full body, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. That's all I want. I can't do anything light unless I want to change up on my palate, right. get away from it. But those are my top four. And yeah. you and you prefer the, the Gordo size. You like the bigger. The bigger. Yeah. 60 gauge 50 gauge um that is my range what yeah. i look for and that's yeah. what we're smoking tonight we're smoking the the gordo yeah the tonight. gordo size it's a 660 um which is not a size i normally smoke for mm. some reason i'm not as big a fan of the big ring gauge stuff mm-hmm. i prefer more of like either uh like a lancero size or like a toro which is like a 52 or 54 ring gauge mm-hmm. yeah but yeah this is this is really good i think it does well for this cigar in the in the 660 is not overpowering no no it's not I, I like it where you you have to eat if you haven't smoked it before yeah oh yeah you can't go in uh a novice and just say you know let me try it no you have to know what you're doing <laughs> you know people are always asking us like what cigar can knock in your ass and like in the first thing is always like the lfd nas you kind of forget about this one yeah. because this one is a is i mean it's a powerhouse Definitely, but, but it's a it's a very good powerhouse. It's a great smoke, man. You can't go wrong. Yeah, they've done a great job of of building a, a very powerful 
big cigar, mm-hmm. um, but it's not something that's just going to tear your palate up, right? You could smoke another cigar after this and be completely fine. Oh, yeah. At NAS, I mean, you're you're done for the day <laughs> after that. You can't taste anything else. So. Man, let me tell you, I graduated smoking full body where I can wake up in the morning, drink coffee, and smoke a, a full body cigar, triple, triple Just coffee. go right at it? Go right at it. No problems yeah. at all. You know, and... Uh, it's a man right there, boys. And, and yeah, it's, it's, you got to be a man. Put hair in your chest. I'm like, man, I, I've been smoking too long where I can just drink coffee and smoke a Grand Cojano and triple, triple Camacho. Don't have any problems. You know, I, I, I probably got to go to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good old cigar rehab. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't you tell us about uh, your most memorable cigar? Do you have a cool story with that one? I, I would say the Macanudo Vintage Maduro. Uh, just finished my dissertation. Mm-hmm. Was feeling pretty good about that because you know I had people doubting me that I can do it because you know you got you got to think about it. Here's a guy, former NFL player, going to school to work on his doctoral degree, and you know they probably thought my wife was typing my papers which she didn't type a damn thing, <laughs> you know. So um, that accomplishment um, to complete that task was bigger than making, um, um, you know, playing in the NFL yeah. um, to, to complete that. Um, and just to celebrate that and light a cigar, man, that, that was the biggest moment for me. That's awesome, man. So what uh, what's your degree in? Uh, education leadership. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so currently you are with uh, UAPB, correct? University yeah. of Arkansas Pine Bluff? Yeah, three years now. Um, actually, was at Alcorn from 01, I say 2001 to maybe 26, 2016. And uh, opportunity came up at UAPB, wanted to move on and do other things. And, and what I am, I'm over accreditation School of Education at, at UAP, UAPB and um, part-time professor in the um, hybrid department, which I'm trying to start a sport management program. So my job is pretty much laid back up until we get to the accreditation piece of it. You know, so I'm, I'm enjoying my time here in, in, in Arkansas and love coming here in Little Rock at West End. Yeah, man, we love having you. It's great, man. Every time I come here, man, the guys are great here, love coming here. Uh, actually, the fellowship here is great. Met a lot of guys. I learned from a lot of guys here. Just sitting here and talking to different guys from different fields. Uh, you know, when you talk about careers, you know, you you sitting up in in West End and and you're talking to guys who may be a lawyer, a doctor. It's it's great, man. I love coming here. Yeah. Where uh, where did you grow up? New Orleans. Grew oh, up in yeah. New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Born and raised in New Orleans, and um, I think I left New Orleans in '85. Um, to go to Alcorn State and um, go home every now and then and, and see. I still have relatives and family there, but uh, grew up in New Orleans, man. And, and you know, I'm, uh, you hear guys, these rappers and Lil Wayne and all of them, I don't listen to rap anymore, but the things that they talk about, it's, it's real. I can relate to it. Yeah. You know, in certain areas uh, and, and, you know, for its crime and all of that, I was lucky to make it out of, out of New Orleans. Yeah. Have you ever been to New Orleans? Oh, yeah. I, I love New Orleans. <laughs> uh, 
if you were a big guy who loves to eat, oh, that, food, that oh, is crazy. one of the best places crazy. to go. I, mean, I can eat that shit now. Uh, oh, man, I can sit and eat beignets all day if I wasn't diabetic. Golly. <laughs> Eat them things all day. <laughs> a pound of powdered sugar on each one of them, man. The food is great, man. It's yeah. a great city. It's a great city. Yeah. The, what, ar- the architecture and everything. I'm just, I'm a fan of all of it. Yeah. Uh, what high school did you go to? Went to, to Walter L. Cohen High School, um, uptown. Yeah. Uh, maybe about two blocks from St. Charles Avenue. Okay. Um, and um, I think it's on Louisiana Avenue. And it's probably about two blocks where you get St. Charles. But, uh if if you ever drive down St. Charles Avenue, you see all the mansions out there going uptown to Tulane yeah. University. So I think it's about maybe about a half a mile from from um, Tulane University. Uh, great high school, a um, lot of talented um, students uh, came out of New Orleans. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, particularly that high school. Yeah, you, know, you talk about music, sports, which New Orleans have that culture. Right. You know, but all of the high schools at, at my day, all of them were great for its talent, producing talent. And we have people all over the world, man. And in New Orleans people, all of them are cool. You ever meet anybody from New Orleans, man? They're cool guys. Yeah. You know. Were you the most talented person in your class? No, I, I had guys better than me. Really? Yeah, better than me. I was just lucky and determined to get out of New Orleans. Yeah. I knew growing up. That wasn't a place that I wanted to live, you know, because uh, it was a place when you think about crime and um, the the, poli- the the political part of it with politician and all of that, you know, uh, for a young man at that time, you had to get out, make it, and then if you wanted to go back, you know, you can do that. Yeah. But I knew, you know, I had a plan, you know, graduate from high school, go to college, and then go from there, sky is the limit. You know, and I was just lucky and blessed to make it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you see a different side of New Orleans than what we do. You know, we see the food mm-hmm. and the drinking having a good time. But there's a whole other side of New Orleans most people don't know about. No, it's, it's I, I t- if, if I tell you my childhood, um, just to put it in perspective, when I say I was lucky, and, and, and I keep saying that, there were guys who had, I mean, they were better than me. Um, but they gravitated towards the, the bad part of it. Yeah. You know, um, there were guys that protected me, really. You know, so now you, you're going to make it. You know, you, you don't need to do this. I'm going to make sure you're okay. Don't do that. Um, kept me out of trouble. Um, made sure nothing didn't happen to me. And I appreciate that. And I tell you, if, if it was 10 guys I, I hung around with at that time, I'm probably the only one in that group that made it. Yeah. You wow. know, that's how bad it was in New Orleans, you know, for us to crime, you know. Wow. And, um, you know, you can imagine for Katrina hit, um, you know, we all heard about the crime rate in New Orleans, mm-hmm. you know. It's a little bit different now, but before Katrina, man, it, it was bad. Any given day, anything can happen, you know. So I'm, I'm fortunate to be out, uh, the one that could uh, make it out of there and, and do well. Um. So was football the only sport you played in high school? No, I actually wanted to play basketball. I was, yeah? just wasn't good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't good at it. I was actually, imagine a football player playing basketball. The only thing I wanted to do was rebound, play defense. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of what you're seeing now is like with all the tight ends, it seems like every tight end at one point 
was a football. was a basketball player at one point. Now yeah. they've just converted to a to a football player. Yeah, you got they, Tony Gonzalez. You right. got Greg Olson. You got Travis Kelsey. You got Zach Ertz. I mean, they're all yeah. basketball players that never played, you know, high school and everything else, and now they're right. Now they're you know turning them into football players. Right. It's like I would like to see some of the you know big name basketball players try to play football because there's some that could counter cross. I think. Uh, when you think Dwight Howard the, or yeah, or, uh, yeah, uh, is it Dwight Howard? Yeah, Dwight Howard, or even LeBron. I mean, man, what's have the a, guy that played with the um, Chargers, the tight end, um, Hunter Henry? Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Oh, the, um, no, the one he. he oh, that's about to retire. Uh, yeah, uh, Dad, come it, Not Vernon. Is it Vernon Davis? No. And then the Cowboys had a guy that played football. Um, this this was a while back, a while back, maybe a few years ago. Uh, converted him into a tight end. Um, can't think of his name as well, but uh, when you think about that position uh, for his basketball, guys are big, agile, got good hands, yeah. great hands. You know, you can convert those guys to, to tight end. Yeah. You know, if, if they're decent enough to block. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I wasn't a good basketball player, man. I played on good teams, <laughs> you know, uh, great teams. We won. I was I was that sixth guy coming off the bench, playing defense like a guy down. I didn't care about shooting. You're like a Rodman. Man, I was so terrible. <laughs> I couldn't make layups. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was still a ball going down the other end by myself, trying to make a layup and just brick a layup. How do you brick a layup, <laughs> man? You know, uh, that's rough. It's, it's, so my coach told me one day, high school, never forget it, sophomore year. I'm trying out for the team. This is before I even thought about playing football. And he looked at me, and at that time, we were probably on the verge of winning state championships. You look at, uh, what's the guy named Jaron Jackson that went to Georgetown. I think his son is playing in the league now with Memphis, I believe. That's where he is. But um, that group at my high school, and, and, and particularly in the uptown area of New Orleans, he had a lot of great basketball players. But the coach told me in practice, he said, son, you need to go and play football. You're just not a good basketball player. Just, <laughs> that was just a nice just, way of saying you suck. Just, they didn't get, care, get, man. get, out, get off know, my court. Coaches back, you know, those days, they care at oh, all. Man. Son, you're just not a good basketball yeah. player. Just, just, go, just go play football. Now everybody makes a team. Right. And, and it, just, it just went from there, man. Yeah. So the answer was uh, Antonio Gates. Antonio but, Gates. Antonio that's Gates. it. I was yes, trying to yeah. think. I kept saying Antonio. I was like, no, it's Antonio Brown. It's all right. Antonio Gates. Yeah. That's a big dude. Yeah. Well, now that we're talking about sports and everything, what all teams did you play for? Uh, started off with the Raiders. Boo. Uh, 90, well, hang on. Before you do that, yeah. tell us college. You went from high school. How high did school that all work? to Alcorn State University. Yep. And, and tell you a story about that. I knew I, I had an opportunity to go to recruited by Ole Miss, uh, Nickel State, um, and – I said, you know what? Alcorn State produced a lot of defensive backs for its NFL. You know, I did my research. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go to Alcorn State because if I go there, if I work hard, um, go to class, I'll be drafted. And not to sound arrogant or anything like that, I knew the work that I was putting in. So decided to go to Alcorn State. I uh, was redshirted my first year. And, I mean – Tons of defensive backs. If you research Alcorn State University, I believe we had in my the group I started with probably 
three or four guys drafted that class in the league um, and was drafted in 90 with the Raiders, seven round. Wound up starting, the, I think, the second preseason game to the third regular season game. And um, I think I broke my collarbone, came back and played um, nickel situations. We start every now and then. And then uh, from the Raiders went to the Cowboys, was traded. Still pissed off about that because I missed the Super Bowl <laughs> with the Cowboys. Oh, I actually traded. And it, 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 you know, when you're young and dumb, you know, you, you don't know to keep your mouth closed. Actually, yeah. trade. And Jimmy traded me to uh, Tampa Bay, did that for a year, and then on to Kansas City. And Yay. yeah, your team, man. <laughs> your team. And when I went to Kansas City Chiefs, um, was hurt. And then went on to um, rehab that whole year, and then went on to Canada for three years to retire in '96. Okay. You know. Who'd you play for in Canada? Oh, Canada, Ottawa Rough Riders. That's why drinking this beer reminds me <laughs> of Canada. Uh, three years in Canada, man. Ottawa for one year, and Hamilton two years. Yeah. Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah, it was great in Canada. Yeah. Different kind of football there. Very different. Very different. Um, field is wider, longer. I would assume uh, that that requires a more talented defensive oh, back, right? Because you have a lot more ground to cover. Man, I, and they had me on the slot receiver. Ooh. These guys ten yards deep running. Yeah, at me. I'm like, man, yeah. What kind of football is this? And they get a head start too. Get a head That's start ten yeah. yards back. You know, and before the snap, they're running. They like ten, sometimes they get fifteen yards deep. And already, running. Yeah, yeah, already full speed trucking. Yeah, year. wow. So you have that to, ain't fair. man. That that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy, man. I almost quit the first day. Like this shit ain't fair. Fifteen yards out on me, man. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Well, back in the uh, on the NFL side, with training camp just starting, we got the first, you know, not game game coming on, but the Hall of Fame game coming up. What was training camp like? You know, from a rookie up until you, you know, four years in, you were a vet. So what's the what was training camp like? Know, beginning to end on with those four years the first year my training camp experience I was like man you know it, it was drooling mm -hmm. you know um, we were in Oxnard my, my rookie year with the Raiders and um, I didn't like it I, I see why and you have to understand you you talking about that time when I was in the league you know you didn't have any days off you know it's mentally it was just Man, I, I really can't explain what you go through. Uh, and I see why guys hold out, if, if they can hold out, yeah. uh, not going to training camp. But uh, never liked training camp, mm -hmm. you know. And at that time, we were hit during practice. I don't know what they – I don't think they're hitting as much now uh, when I played. But uh, it was crazy. Never liked training camp. You didn't know what day it was after about a week. Um you know, you just pretty much time. You had to be here for a meeting, practice at this time, then meeting again, then practice again, you know. And you you actually watching guys being cut day by day. You know, you establish a relationship with a guy, and next thing you know, he's cut that day or the next day, and you're just looking around like, where's so-and-so, so-and-so? Well, man, they cut him, you know. So it, it, was, uh, it was cutthroat, you know, training camp. You know, but then after that, you know, you make the team, man. It's pretty much cool after that, you know. Do you ever watch any of the uh, the hard knocks or anything like that? When it – the first three, four years I did. Okay. 
I did. Do yeah, you I, feel like that gives you a good look at it? Or yeah, not really? It, it, it gives the fans and, um, you know, people tuning in to watch what guys go through. It, it really gives you a realistic uh, point of view of the NFL, what the coaches are thinking about making decisions on players, uh, what the players are going through, trying to make the team, and all the uh, the um, anxiety of it. Yeah. You know, because it, it mentally it, it really pushes you to a level like, you know, you think about I'm trying to make a living for myself, family, and and, and most guys, it's all they, they, they put into – you know, making a living, just, mm-hmm. you know, playing ball. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what they know. It's all they yeah, know. it's all they yeah. know. Yeah. You know, so, you know, just going through that emotional roller coaster, trying to make a team, yeah. trying to make a salary. It was yeah. always hard, like, when I, whenever I watch it, like, you get to know these players that, you know, you hope they make the team and everything. You come to, like, you really root for them. And then when it comes that time and, you know, it's never the coach that says, hey, coach wants to see you. They always say, Coach wants to see you bring your playbook. Yeah, that you yeah. always know that's yeah that's it, and he just it, you hurt so hard. So I can't even imagine you know being in the midst of it, like you said, you know being with your brothers out there fighting all day, and then they pretty much just get their dream right taken away. Right, and, and you know when it, and how they do it, they will tell you every NFL team has a um, cut man. Yeah, you know they have a name for him. You know going in who that guy is. And so you never you never want to see that guy. You body. never want to see that guy. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> he's you just walking down the hall. Stand, yeah, you don't want to stand next to that. Yeah, guy. he's just walking down the hall for lunch, and everybody's yeah. running away. You know, yeah. Like, shit, man, you see him coming, like, oh, like, oh, oh shit, oh, here no, comes no, Jeff. No, 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 no. <laughs> Gotta you know, go. Keep walking, keep would, would it be keep similar walking. to like uh, when you're on the interstate and the cop pulls out with his lights on and he goes around you? You know that man, feeling of relief I, after I, he goes past you. Steve, I experienced that, man. I was sitting. I was look. I was in my locker, sitting down and. And they had to make a decision on defensive backs. And, and I think at that time, we, we had a number of guys that they drafted. This is like my second year in the league. And they picked up free agents. They picked up, uh, you know, they drafted some guys. And, and it's like, man, it's a lot of numbers. And you're like, no, no, that's enough. That's you enough. Know. Don't need more. <laughs> right. And, and, and I'm talking about every day. And, you know, you see the guy come in the locker room, and he's like, I need to see you. You knew what it was about, you know. So one free agent they picked up, his lock was next to mine. This guy was balling. And it's not it's not about a guy can't play. It's yeah. all about the numbers. Yeah. You know, and the contract, how this guy fits in. Yeah. You know, so it's not about just talent when they make a decision on a guy. You know, it's all about who they got, uh, you know, the year before, or what they're trying to do, how that guy fit in the scheme, or who they're trying to groom, Yeah, you know, coming up. You know, maybe a player young that may not be developed yet, but they like that kid, so they keep that kid around for another year or two. And they like the contract better too. And the contract also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business, and that's the that's the downside of it. I mean, that's the thing about it where people really don't understand um, if they don't know. It's all about that that how they fit in financially, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, and, this, you know, the, the guy was coming up, the cut man, and, and um, I forget the guy's name. And I think I experienced that with Kansas City Chiefs. The, my first three years, I, I really didn't worry about anything. But that that year, I was like, you know what, man, I don't know if I fit in here because they had, uh, I think they had Albert Lewis. Mm-hmm. Remember him? He was a yeah. Pro Bowl corner. Yep. Um, and it was another guy they were grooming uh, that was pretty good. Uh, I can't think of his name. Because you played, you played 
in KC in 93. Yeah. So I remember there was a there was a small little dude. I forget his real name, um, but everybody called him Mighty Mouse. Yeah, I remember him. But I mean, I, they, I mean they're I mean our defensive backcourt was oh man it was deep stout yeah it was deep man especially especially in that time when yeah. right before we got Montana or right around that right around no that Montana time. was on that team that yeah year. yeah so yeah. right around that time is when you know, I mean we went you know we were one play away from going to the Super Bowl and yeah you know that's when Buffalo went. yeah that's what they always say Kansas yeah. City we're one play away uh, oh man they well this year it was the playoff right they, <laughs> we, they which were we literally were we were one, one touchdown away they were looking at that year <laughs> they really I mean that that was a championship team that year yeah it was you know. But uh, he walked by me, man, and tapped other guys like, shit, I'm glad. Okay, it wasn't me. It's <laughs> <laughs> cutthroat, man. I mean, what can I say? Yeah. I mean, at the end, you got to look after number one, too. Nah, you got to take care of you first, man. Yep. Um, so this week we've had Antonio Brown show up in a hot air balloon. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey showed up in a Brinks truck. Yeah. Uh, one of my guys showed up in an Army truck and a NASCAR. Wow. Did anybody show up any weird ways to training camp? Or is nah. that or is that is that is it a I mean it's a totally different era, but nobody really did that weird stuff back in, in the mid nineties, right? No, nah, when when I played guys before me, we we just fully concentrated on football. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's a different time now. You know, it's 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 all about, you know, brand, guys wanna yeah. social media, get that exposure, that attention. You know, I I have no problem with it. You know, um, everything now is opinionated. That's why I try to stay off social media and all of that stuff. But you know, if if it if it works for a guy, that's what he wants to do. Then you know, that's on him. You know, but we we didn't we didn't do all of that, yeah. man. You know, um, to make a point like that. You know, armor truck and the uh, hot air balloon with the Tony Brown. You know, it's 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 crazy. <laughs> you know, so. I mean, what if you, 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 the balloon, something happened to the balloon and. Yeah, yeah you, you crash know, and die on the way to camp. Yeah, you end your career. Well, yeah. you know. well one, of, one of the uh, sports stations I listen to all the time, they were just saying that uh, Brown, all he did with, was uh, breathe into the balloon. That's what made it rise. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy, man. We, I'm surprised we, he got his head up under there <laughs> without burning, you know? It's, it's more quantity and quality now. Yeah. That's yeah. how I look at, the, you know, where we are now with everything. Um, it seems like all the endorsement stuff is what's driving all that, right? All that extra well, money more, they're I mean, making on the I side. I mean, more people are making more money off endorsements than the contract themselves. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. All the endorsement money now with these companies. So if these guys can build themselves as a as an icon and they have, you know, two hundred thousand Instagram followers or, or you know one point eight million yeah. Instagram followers, they they have more opportunity to make more money off the field. And so that's why they're doing those things. Yeah, I think yeah. like Le'Veon Bell's contract is like thirty-three million guaranteed, but he's going to get sixty-five million just off endorsements. So yeah, yeah I mean you're yeah. you're making your money off your brand, off your name. You have to. Yeah. You, I mean, that, you just have to. That's yeah, like, you walk in in a Nike sweatsuit out of a hot air balloon, and yeah. and you make all that money off of Nike. Yeah. You know, they yeah. give you a bonus I, for doing it. I, I, you know what? It's just crazy now, but these are the times we live in. Yeah, you know, uh, and 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 I hate social media. You know, I started out on Facebook. I got off that, and you know, every time you're on social media, you everybody to me, everybody has a platform. You know, everybody has a mic. You know, they're talking about their feelings and and all of that, man. You know, it's it's just 
it's it's a different time, man. You know, but in my era, we didn't we didn't do all of that. We just played ball and and try to make a living and um, and have fun. That was about it for us. Well, the best social media right now is uh, the Straight Cut uh, podcast. That's right. Man, I'm loving this, man. I'm on my fourth glass now. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to touch back on the cigar? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, so, again, we're smoking the uh, the Camacho Triple Maduro. Um, so, interesting story behind this. The, the rumor is that it took them 84 tries to get this right. Wow. Um, because it, they were... If not the first, one of the very mm-hmm. first to do a full Maduro cigar, right? Okay. So all three parts of this cigar are Maduro. The wrapper, the binder, and the filler. And, it, and it's rare to be able to do that because it would just be so strong. Most mm-hmm. people would not enjoy it. And so they figured out a way to do it. Balance is kind of what we talked about earlier, right? Yeah. And so for them to do that, I mean, that takes a lot, a lot of experience in cigars. And this cigar was originally done by the Aroa family, who is CLE Cigars, mm-hmm. and then his dad and brother, that's Christian Aroa, yeah. and then his dad and brother were uh, JRE Cigars, what they have now. Um, and so they had been in it for years I mean, and years That's a, that's and a big years, right? family in the cigar family, Yeah, they, yeah. it's a family name in cigars. And uh, so it took them forever to do this thing. 84 tries to get it right. They finally got it right, um, and then they released it. Um, and then since uh, Davidoff has bought the brand, they've just built on it more. Um, they've used a lot of components from this cigar and other cigars. Just kind of changed it up a little bit to make new stuff. Mm-hmm. The Power Band is a very similar cigar to this. has a different wrapper on it. So makes it a little, little different flavor. Um, but they've built multiple cigars with this same kind of idea. You know, I got two funny stories about the Triple Camacho. I watched two grown men throw up smoking a triple Camacho. <laughs> and, and, and one funny. guy is is a been smoking a while. But he wanted to try he wanted to try a full body cigar, so he noticed what I was smoking. So, you know, uh, he's like, well, you know, what what are you smoking? This is uh in Vicksburg where I live, shop there. So I'm I'm hanging out that day. He comes in, he said, you know, coach, what you smoking? And at that time I was coaching at all cons stay. I was coaching football. So I said, man, you know, I'm smoking a triple Camacho. He said, I'm going to try it. So, so you sure you want to do that? Because I know what he <laughs> smokes. <laughs> oh, man, I can do it. I said, okay. And guy lit it up, man, probably about 10, 15 minutes, Aaron and Steve. This guy was in the bathroom just throwing his damn balls up, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. I hadn't heard oh, that man, one yet. my ass <laughs> off. That's funny. It, not even halfway into the cigar, you throwing up. <laughs> okay, another story. I just, I think I was coaching track at the time. And um, I was coaching men and women's track at Alcorn State. So, guy graduated that I coach. He comes in. And, and the, all of them knew I smoked cigars. So, he comes in and um, he asked the uh, person that uh, selling cigars. I mean, I, I hear coach comes here a lot and smokes cigars. I said, yeah. He said, I want to smoke with Coach, what he smokes. And so she looked at him. She said, you sure you want to do that? He said, yeah, yeah, I can handle it. Now, this guy was like 21, 22, uh-huh. you know, just graduated. So she gave him a triple Camacho. This guy probably took about three or four puffs, she told me, and threw up and left. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's, it's, you got to be a man to smoke this one, man. Yeah. You know. 
Well, the moral of the story here is you don't always have to smoke what someone else is smoking, right? <laughs> yeah. You're going to smoke cigars that fit your palate. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, San Andreas Maduro wrapper, um, and then it uses some Honduran, Dominican, and uh, Brazilian binder filler, um, and just a, a very complex, full-bodied smoke. It's, it's spectacular. Yeah. Have you been brave enough to uh, retrohale this I, yet? I, I did a retrohale. It definitely burns. Um it, it it it's spicy if you mm-hmm. like that spice definitely do that retro hail it will clean you out and everything um you can hear yeah. me sniffling now you get the eyes watering <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but i was just thinking it goes so good with this beer too because yeah. you get that that chocolatey cocoa just that that toastiness of this beer especially since it's the uh the age one is a year old and then we get this which just i mean complements so well it's not neither one of them is overpowering the other and, and the yeah. beer is great, man. You know, when you when you brought it out here, I thought it was moonshine at first. That's how dark it is. I'm like, what the hell is there? It's <laughs> <laughs> a moonshine he got out here. <laughs> but this beer is great, man. Yeah, so the flavor notes on the beer, um, again, the Stone's Throw Anniversary Imperial Seamus Stout. So you get some coffee, some roasted barley, oats, and chocolate. Um, I'm not a huge, like, dark, full-bodied beer. I do drink some of it, but... Um, I don't drink a ton of it, but this beer, anytime I see this available, mm-hmm. I get it because mm-hmm. it is just awesome. So this is this is the 2019, but this was actually the one that was produced last year, but it came out this year. Okay. Yeah. So last week, I had the 2018, which was actually produced in 2017. And he didn't bring me any. And that, oh man, you want to talk about a whole other le- level of flavor? Oh my <laughs> gosh. So good. I, I, that's what I wanted to bring tonight, but there, that one was, it was a all tapped out. That heavy. Yeah, that stuff more. doesn't last all that long at the brewery. Yeah. They they go through it pretty quick. Well, especially with that with that big event, their yeah. big anniversary they just had this past weekend. I mean, oh yeah, they were just selling it. You know, there was there was thousands of people. Yeah, down there. I mean, there's tons. Yeah, it's a cool. Uh, they do a uh, uh, block on rock party right there in front of the original uh, Stone's Throw mm-hmm. uh, brewery. They block off, like, uh, I think it's se- two blocks. Seventh, eighth, seventh through ninth, so. Yeah. Two full blocks. They put a big stage up. They got music going. Um, I've been to it every year, except this year I was out of town. I didn't get to go. But uh, The big damn horns still oh, yeah. rocked it. Yeah, they kill it. They kill it. Um, it's, it you know, and, and then the song that made everybody go crazy. Oh, yeah. They do it again? They did it again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're anywhere near Arkansas, um and it's usually, you know, in this sometime around the end of, of uh, July they do it, um, and it is it is awesome. It's it's one of the best block parties it's one, I've it's, ever been it's to. It's one of those things where uh, it, we do a lot of events here. Yeah, um, they're awesome. Always have fun time. But when this comes up, this is an event I really look forward to because yeah. it's going to be a really fun, really fun time. And honestly, that's when you get a lot of new cigar smokers because the first yeah. hour is kind of just like okay, whatever. Then some people start buying cigars, and we're right at the entry gate. Okay. And then they walk, start walking down the two blocks. Yeah. And then you just start getting just troves and troves of people like, oh, man, I smelt this thing. It smelled so good. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just walking advertisement. People are smoking cigars during these two blocks, just drinking yeah. all this beer, having a good time. Tons of food trucks everywhere. 
So you're just getting a bunch of new cigar smokers, people who've never smoked cigars, coming up like, oh, I don't know what I want. So I'll always, I'll always ask them, like, what are you drinking? Yeah. And they'll say, oh, I'm having an IPA. Oh, you want to have this Sun Grown. Or uh, I'm smoking, yeah. you know, this Pilsner. Oh, you want to go with something real light. Smoking or a Pilsner? I, huh? Smoking a Pilsner? Smoking, uh, drinking a Pilsner. <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to smoke something light. But then whenever I saw somebody that had, like, the Seamus or had a Stout, I'd be like, yeah, you want to go with this Maduro right here. That's going to yeah. go with it. Yeah, this is really good. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, it's a great pairing. Uh, we've done this pairing. We did a different cigar, but... Um, and it went a different shame. We did the... So the it was original on, Seamus. So it was on our live episode that we did. Uh, I did just the the regular. Seamus. No, no, I was talking about an event. Oh, an event, a, yeah, a beer yeah, yeah. and cigar pairing that we did at yeah. Stone's Throw. We've we've done yep. a very similar pairing to this. Yep. Um, and so anytime we get a chance to pair with this Seamus Stout, we always go with a, a full bodied spicy cigar. So yep. it's great. It's one of my favorites. Oh yeah. All right. Well, back to the NFL stuff. Uh, you know, we see a lot of guys talking trash nowadays right. on the field. Did you right. Did you have a lot of that? Did you run into any of that? Nah, not not really. Uh, I I would set guys up if if they talk a lot of shit. Yeah, you know, cause cause I had some great safeties when I played. Uh, for example, like my first two years with the Raiders, uh, Eddie Anderson, mm. uh, safety with the Raiders. You know, so if 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 any guy would talk a whole lot of noise in the game, come out talking, I say okay, keep talking. You know, we we gonna get you, and uh, you know. So I would do the typical thing, like quarterbacks would do with their linemen. You know, take them out to eat and all that. Mm-hmm. So like linebackers and safeties and, and maybe one or two defensive linemen, take them out to eat. You know, and I just go in the huddle. You know, eighty-five talk shit. You know, so if if a certain play we call, where it was an in and out call, where if a guy would do a slant, and Eddie would pick him up on the inside slant. Shit, that there'd be times where the guy would run a slant. I would actually olay that guy in the inside and push his ass into um, Eddie <laughs> and make sure that Eddie would just clean his ass out. You know, and we had no problems after that. Yeah, you know, but but mainly for fun, I would say Mike Irvin. Oh yeah, oh. Mike Irvin was fun. You know, he was funny. Yeah, you know, he wasn't. It wasn't personal with Michael. He was probably, if not the first, one of the first, like, when you get into this era of flamboyant. Oh, yeah. Right. He was one of the first. I mean, he was, I mean, right. I, I had his, I remember I had his for his shoe that came out in, like, 95, 96. I mean, that was the first time, other than Jordan, who, I, the first athlete I knew that had his own shoe. Yeah. I mean, just because that's. He talked so much shit right, right, on the field, right. but he could also back it up at the right, same time. Right, right. And Mike, man, Michael Irvin was funny, man. Even, you know, being his teammate at that time, I was there maybe, let me see, Dallas, I was traded in February, and then I think I left that that first week of the regular season. You know, so I got, you know, opportunity to meet all of those guys, man, Emmett and Michael, Troy, and, you know, uh, I think the other one was Alvin Harper. Um, it was another side of Michael, uh, wide receiver. You know, Elvin was quiet, but Mike, man, Mike would come in the locker room, man, and just talk shit from the time we <laughs> 7 a.m. <laughs> to 5 p.m. I never saw anybody that would talk so much, man. You know, <laughs> and it was funny, you know. But Michael would come in the locker room and just take all his clothes off, walking around naked, you know, talking about I got a beautiful body, you know. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of shit is this? You know, so, 
you know, but Mike was fun. But for us, like being being competitive, guys talking, I never experienced that because I I, I never you know let a guy bait me in. Yeah, because it would take you out of your game all of oh, the yeah. talking, you know, and uh, and there were times guys would try you know talk coming out you know you you and my number was twenty one so twenty one you gonna have a bad day you know all of that so you know I, I just you know be quiet and play the game and then eventually they shut up yeah you know uh, but for us uh, Michael Irving being his teammate I think maybe Andre Risen was oh, one God. guy that would talk a whole lot. <laughs> You know that you wanted to just you know just get him. Yeah. You know, but I never really experienced that. You know, I, I tell you, well, it's one time I lost my head. This was in Canada, true story, and I was playing with Ottawa at the time, and this is where they had CFL teams in in the states. So we played a team in Louisiana. I think Shreveport. I don't know who they are. I don't remember who they were at the time, but we played them. From the kickoff, this guy was just talking. And Aaron and Steve, I'm talking about a guy all in your, you know, he's all in your ear hole, in your helmet. He's just talking to you, you know. Um, run plays, he's blocking, he's talking. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm from New Orleans. So I'm type, you know, I'm going to warn you. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give you, I'm going to warn you two times. Third time, <laughs> I ain't going to tell you no more. Something's going to happen. So, told the referee, said, ref, man, you need to get this guy, man, you know. He, 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 you know, he's out of line. And the ref was like, no, nah, just play, just play, you know. So, guy's still talking, man, and, and just doing stuff borderline, you know, on run plays, blocking me and all of this stuff. So, I think they were on a one-yard line about to score. And it's stalemate. The guy coming to me, we hit each other head on. I'm under his pads. He's trying to block me. And I was a dirty player when I needed to be. Took my left hand, lift that guy helmet up, and I pivot to the right. And when I pivot, when I pivot, I turn my shoulder, and I just brought my right forearm under his neck. That guy, I closed line that guy so hard, like that drop kicked his <laughs> ass in his chest. <laughs> he wanted to fight the whole. I took him out of the game. That, that was it. <laughs> that was it. They weren't throwing passes to him or nothing. Oh, he was just goodness. going the whole game. You know, the guy was so mad, he wanted to fight me after the game. That's how mad the guy was. <laughs> you know, where the crowd go, ooh. You know, now they scored a touchdown, but they're like, ooh. That's how, that's how bad I clotheslined that guy. Wow. But that shut his ass up, though. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, uh, what, what fans or stadium is the craziest that you ever played in? Oh man, um, Buffalo at that time when they had Jim Kelly, which I met Jim Kelly. Yeah, he was a cool guy. Yeah, but yeah, Buffalo fans were Buffalo nuts. was bad at that time. Hey, anybody that'll sit out in that snow for that damn long? Oh man, you we know they gotta be crazy. We got our ass beat fifty-one-three. Oh, that year. man, that's rough. Yeah, uh, I would say Buffalo, and then at that time Kansas City. Hell yeah, that's what yeah. I want to hear. Yeah, those were the two. Hey, you don't have to say Kansas City just because Aaron's here, I'm, man. I'm just being no, honest, I mean man. Arrowhead. Arrowhead is a hard place to play. I, know. I mean, it I'm was teasing. probably better when you're on the other side because right. you got a, you got a little bit more of a big, right. especially when the Raiders come, you oh, know, to man. town. I mean, we hate each other. Yeah. So it's crazy. Like, I probably 
went to a game, and yeah. I probably saw you on the field, and I probably booed your ass. You did <laughs> whenever I was there. Yeah, not knowing who you were at the time. You know? <laughs> Kansas City was bad. Uh, Buffalo was really bad. You talking about snow? Um, and at that time, they would throw batteries. Oh yeah, you know, man, yeah. that's brutal. Yeah, that's how bad it was, man. Did yeah. you ever play in Philly? Never played in. I've Philly, heard Philly. But Philly fans right. are crazy yeah. too. Yeah. Um, um, even to this day. They talk about uh, Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. you know, for us, the fans. Now, when you were with the Raiders, was it Oakland or L.A.? It was L.A. at the time. We okay. were in El Segundo. Where do the Raiders belong? Let me ask you that. I would say Oakland. Oakland? I would say Oakland. Okay. Um, you know, they tried it in L.A. We, we had a, a good fan base. But you play in the USC Stadium. Yeah. You know, it's not your own stadium. And our fan base, was, you know, it was great. We had fans. You know, we had a good turnout. But um, I didn't experience playing in Oakland. You know, when I grew up, my three, let me see, my favorite teams were Cowboys, Steelers, Raiders. That's crazy. When you're talking about Steelers, Raiders, and Cowboys when I grew up. So I'm always, you know, I was emotional. I would say emotionally attached to the Raiders Mm -hmm. in Oakland. Yeah. You know, so when they drafted me playing in L.A., you know, it was a good experience, but I always remember Oakland, you know, Oakland, you know, California. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so like so Marielle's from Oakland and we went into we went to Oakland last year and you know, I was packing my suitcase and everything, getting ready. And the one thing she said to not do was don't pack any of your chief stuff. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't take any of your chief's gear to Oakland and I, I didn't. Because I'm, right. I know. Oh, they, you big pansy! No, so like one of the, th- the one thing, one of the things on my bucket list I wanted to do was I wanted to go to uh, Coliseum to watch a Chiefs Raiders game. Yeah. In my Chiefs stuff, it would probably be the last thing I do on my bucket list. <laughs> you would have made it out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. No, you wouldn't have made it out of here. All right, so who's your pick this year? Who you think is going to be in the in the Super Bowl? I don't know. You know, I'm. I actually just like watching the game. Yeah. Um, I never predict who's going to Super Bowl. Uh, my favorite player, uh, I don't know if you're going to ask me that. I'm jumping ahead. But uh, love Tom Brady, uh, New England, but I'm a Steelers fan. Okay. So I just like watching the game from the start. And by midseason, I can tell up into the playoffs who has a shot. Just by the eyeball test. Yeah. You know. And, and and looking at stats and looking at injuries stuff like that, but uh, it's hard to predict, man, who's going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know it really is. You can't just, you know, you got to be lucky to. That's like a lottery. Yeah, I mean it's so hard to win a game it in is. the NFL. I mean it, it is hard because every the timing of of everything going well, catching a guy on a bad day, you know maybe a star player he may be hurt. Or he may have a bad game or the scheme. You have to look at all of that mm-hmm. when it comes to, to, to football. It, it, this sports in general. Yeah. You know. But yeah, who's hot at the right time? Yeah. It's all about the, yeah, who's hot at the right time, you know. And and you know how playoffs are. You know, oh, anybody yeah. can, can, you know, get hot and, and, and hit it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it's always who gets hot, you know, at the end of the season. Like when the Giants won, you know, t- 11, 12 years ago, and it's Patriots yeah. the first time. Yeah. They didn't have a good season, but right. they just got hot at right. like yeah. week 13 right. and just, you know, trek yeah. through. I mean, I think they I think they ended the season at like 
nine and seven or something. Right. I mean, it right. was barely over, you know, a, a five hundred season, and they right. ended up winning it all. Well, now, Brady's got to be doping. They they said he ran a faster forty the other day than in, than in his combine. I mean, have you you've seen the combine video though? Yes, yeah, so bad. <laughs> I know. He well, looks like a basketball player. He don't look like a football well, player. He's tall, yeah, lanky his, guy. Yeah, for his quarterback. I mean, what quarterback is fast now? You know, I don't. I, you know, unless he's one of those quarterbacks that that can run. Yeah, but there, speed, there's but, a difference in a fast quarterback and and what Tom Brady did at his combine. What did he run? Like a 13 or something? You know? No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love Brady, man, because you know he was passed over pretty much. And, he was, and, and, and the guy plays, man. Sixth round pick, right? Yeah, number 200, number 199, or something yeah. like that. Like that him, yeah. him and Belichick are celebrating their 20th year together. Yeah, that is yeah, crazy. That's, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's a badass guy, man. When you look at him, <laughs> yeah. You remember the combine, combine videos of him oh yeah. oh yeah you know how you look at that time i mean whenever you're married to giselle it probably helps that he keeps his usefulness <laughs> and everything yeah. i mean I, I you know what when she I has all the at, screen the cream products right, and helps right. them helps them stay fresh i love his leadership part of it um you know he's he's type of guy when you look at him play um just in general even on the sideline you know he's calm when he needs to be calm. Yeah. Then then when he needs to get on the players, he get on the players. Yeah. And he pump them up, and this kind of thing. So that's what that's what I love about Tom Brady, man. Well, and, he, and he's willing to take less money to build a better team around him. I mean, that's why he's going to go down as I the mean, greatest player. His wife's worth too. His wife's worth yeah. billions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, the guy doesn't need the money. No, but it being but it helps. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, I mean, I, I mean, I love him, man. I mean, you're talking about a guy who could have left New England a long time ago and got the most money. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you look at the things that he has accomplished throughout his, his career, you know. But, you know, at the same time, you know, they no one probably would understand what I mean by this, but he sacrificed, you know, what winning than making money right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, that says a lot about, about a guy who's leading a team, you know. Um, when you look at uh, Eli Manning, you know, got a big deal, but look what's happening with New England. I mean, um, the, the um, New Giants, York, yeah. You know, New York. They're not winning, you know. So when you when you pay a lot of players, when you, when you pay a lot of money for a top player, you're going to sacrifice winning for the most part. Yeah. You know, and that's how you got to look at it. And, and you know, he, he went the other way. Yeah. I mean, he has the only career that you can break up into two Hall of Fames. He yeah. was Hall of Fame when he won three Super Bowls, right. then had the tenure of nothing, and then he's won three more. I mean, he, I mean, he's the only player that I can think of that can be put into the Hall of Fame twice. No, you can't do that. No, what I'm saying is, like, he has. I'm just saying you can't do that. <laughs> no, he can't. But if you were, you could. he could go in either the first f- – first part or the last part. I yeah. mean, he, he has just the intangibles for that. I mean, first I team ballot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh God, I mean, yeah. the guy's, you know, Whenever he's he, in the argument for the greatest of all time and probably leads the argument. Yeah. And I don't like Tom Brady just because of it's New England, but I mean, yeah, there's... Because we're both AFC guys who yeah, want I mean, to get there. We want him to retire any time now. Yeah, just, it's just crazy. Yeah, he found the fountain of youth. I don't know if it's Giselle or what it is, but something's the fountain of youth. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that, but you know. <laughs> so we're we're coming towards the end. What if we have some happen to have some NFL players now, young ones? What would you tell them? You know, what what advice would you give them? 
one, you know, now with the CBA coming up, uh, I think that's going to be crucial for fans. Um, not knowing or predicting what's going to happen with that. You know, if the players are going to go on strike or the union would um, advise them to go on strike. Well, the NFLPA last week told all the players to start saving half of your paychecks starting this year to pretty much get ready for a holdout or a lockout and everything. Yeah, yeah I read that. I, I, Man, I'm not going to make it if they have a lockout. It, we, it, if we have might. to go a full year – Without football, yeah, I'm not gonna make well, it. Well, especially when our two teams are, you know, know. are hot right yeah. now. I mean, we only have so many. I mean, with luck, you I and mean, he's have the injuries, and with me with my homes, right? I mean, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Well, it might benefit me a year off, you know. <laughs> yeah. <too. laughs> well, I, I think when they, um, I think they gave up too much, um, in my opinion, on the last deal. Rookies right now having a hard time. Yeah. As far as they deal, they got to play almost five years before they get another deal. Um, well, then which you have a franchise. Yeah, then you have the franchise. Yeah. You, can get- you know, so, and I think that the veteran players voted for that so they could come out on top if it makes sense to, to get a better deal. But it's only benefiting the star veteran players. Yeah. They're not benefiting the players in the middle who yeah. are veterans, if that makes sense. Uh, so I don't think that's fair. You know, you got Elliott with the uh, Cowboys who, who's holding out, who's a running back. And you got to think about by the time you play your, your, your third year in the league as running back, you pretty much played about eight years. Yeah. You know, Especially, especially a guy with yeah. his workload. Well, yeah. And it's kind of looked like what's going to happen to uh, Saquon Barkley. They've had yeah. three receivers go down this week. And yeah. he's already he's on year number two. They're gonna run him yeah. like a horse, so he's gonna put so many miles on him. Man, he yeah. killed it but for he, me. In but he's last not. Year. Yeah, but he's not up for another contract for no. four more if, years. Yeah, if they go through the four year contract, they can franchise him two years. So he's still he could still be five years out. Yeah. Yeah. from getting that deal. But you're seeing teams now right. not wanting to spend money on running backs because. They're honestly the coming careers. up at, at yeah. dime a dozen now. Yeah, yeah and, and you got to understand the the ownership side of it too. Um, and and you, you got to look at it both ways. You, you have the ownership where you own a team, you're a billionaire. You know, you you all about your 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 money. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it's, and it makes sense if you if you own a business. You know, you're trying to save and make as as much money as you can. Um, you have 53 what man roster. Mm-hmm. So you can't pay a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not designed that way, um, to be fair. But I think when you look at, uh, I think it's now 53-47 for us, uh, revenue split between the owners and the um, players. Uh, when you look at TV contracts and all the other stuff, at one time it was 50-50 before the last deal they uh, renegotiated now. Um, so something has to be done. So. I hope they don't go on strike, but I wouldn't be surprised if if they do. But it won't last long because they're making they're making a lot of money. Yeah. Well, the the networks would be the one to jump in and be. Yeah. I mean, oh if, yeah. If ABC, CBS, ESPN, you know, if they're not bringing in that revenue. Yeah. I mean, it, Monday Night Football, the crappiest game is still 
leading yeah. Oh, in, yeah. in it's the highest watched thing on Monday night. Yeah, it's the highest watched thing of all yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. the only thing that trumps it is the Super Bowl, yeah. which is again another football product. Yeah. So it just yeah. media is gonna jump in if it starts to see you know the decline. You lose a year of revenue in that. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna make a big difference. Well I think you 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 have to I think the owners have to be careful because um, they're making a lot of money. NFL is hot right now, but Thursday night football, you look at that Monday night football, are we getting quality? That's number one. Yeah. Because they're they putting out too much of their brand, and you got to be careful of that. Uh, I don't think football will ever go down for its ratings where people will just be completely turned off. But – you can't get too greedy. That's number one. You can't get too greedy, and you have to look at okay, if it was if it's fifty three forty seven for his revenue split, let's try to come up and and meet the players on some of their demands to keep the game the game going, you know. Um, so the union has a lot of work to do. The players have a lot of work to do as well as the owner. But you have you have to wear two hats. If I'm an owner and I'm looking at my money and, and revenue and all of that, um, yeah, I want to take care of the players, but at the same time, I'm trying to make money too. But as a player, you want to get as much as you can get to make sure you're, taking, you're being taken yeah. care of. You know, so, you know, benefits is one. I would like to see them, you know, do better on for us players who, you know, players who finish you know, retire, yeah. not playing any longer. I think they need to do a better job. Better retirement that. plans. Yeah, and stuff. you look at CTE yeah. and all that stuff. Um, that is one issue. Uh, now, the season, if they want to add a couple more games, make it 18 games from 16, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, just add another bye week. I think we talked about that earlier today. Yeah, yeah. let me ask yeah. you on that. So, if it becomes, let's just say, an 18-game season and you get two bye weeks now, right? Mm-hmm. So, basically, you're only adding one extra game per mm-hmm. team, right? So, do you, like in baseball or even in basketball, because there's so many games, they rest guys more often. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? Yeah, I think that that's a good thing if they rest players. Uh, I mean, think about Thursday night football. The last two years to me, it's been, been crap. They've been they've yeah. been some shitty games. Well, yeah. you got to think about it from yeah. a fan standpoint too. If you pay you know two hundred dollars to go to this game, right. and your favorite player is not playing that right. day, yeah. right. you're going to be upset, right? right? But you think about it from a player standpoint, it makes sense. They get more time to rest. Right. They produce a better product overall, especially if you know when you come to the Super Bowl. It, it, you know you could potentially have a guy back that you wouldn't have had yet, right. um, or guys are in better shape because they've had a week off or whatever, right? Right. So there's two sides to it, you know. I think from an owner standpoint, it makes sense because they get more money. Right. NFL standpoint, it makes more sense because they make more money, right. so they don't care. Right. But from a fan standpoint, it's going to create a problem. Right. And that's why I say quality and, and not being greedy. Yeah. You know, how can we get the the, the most out of out of our um, product and produce? quality for fans and making sure that our product is is what they want to continue well i guess continue to tune in to watch you know instead of just overabundance of thursday night game crappy games and and, and and this kind of thing you're not giving players enough time to rest yeah, yeah. when you look at the schedule yeah you know 16 so, weeks you get one week off man one week that's off. rough and, and there's some that have their bye week week four 
right. and then you have yeah. 12 weeks of grinding. Right. What you is you play a Thursday, right. and you got to play the following Sunday. Or, right. I mean, or play Sunday, you got to play Thursday. Right. That's why, I mean... Well, they usually try to break that up best they can. It doesn't happen every year, but they try to break it up. The thing that has really made a difference over the last few years is the game in London. Right? And the team, oh, yeah. the team that has gone over and played in London, usually their next game is not good no. in any manner. No, because you got to think about jet lag. Yeah, I mean, there's I, all I kinds of stuff. In, I actually played in Japan twice and one time in London. Yeah. You know, it's it's drooling. Yeah, you definitely. Know, you, you, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. I don't think, you know, if you hear a player talk about that, making the salary that they're making compared to the average guys, what they do for a living, you know, why are you complaining? But you got to look at, you know, what your body is going through, how it's going to affect you. Yeah. In the long run. Well, know, during the done. season, what is how how many days do you think you get off? Maybe you know, during one. Off season, you, you no know, during during during, during the, season, the season. Not really. Not really any. Because yeah. you know you you have film you're looking at you're still practicing you're still going through what you normally go through for as an NFL player. So you you never get time off. Yeah. You know uh, I think when I play we only had one day off. You know and you're back at it again. You know, yeah. so when you when you look at the traveling part of it, um, you, you now you don't hit doing practice. You know, once you make the team, yeah, pretty much you just you know unless you just seven on seven line right. and, and and linebackers and running backs that kind of thing run run drills and all of that. Um, but it takes a toll on your body. Yeah, I mean those are long days. Yeah. it's not a, a nine to five job. No, it's not, man. I play. I was blessed to play four years, and I'm affected now, just four years. Yeah. So imagine players who play 10 years, yeah. or eight years. You know, it, it hits you. I think I started going through stuff when I was in my maybe mid-40s. That's when it started hitting me, you know. Every, every injury I had when I played, I feel it now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and back then, I can tell you, they would shoot you up with cortisone and you know put you back out there. Oh yeah, they're still doing it. Broken. Unless you're that the the star guy, yeah, and you really need the rest, they're they're still yeah. doing it. Yeah, and even star players, you know, they they pushing them out there because yeah. we paying you all of this I money. I know it's crazy. Perform, yeah, you know. So if I can do it all over again, I wouldn't play. Yeah. You know, that's why you have players retiring now mm-hmm. who only yeah. played two, three, four years, you know, because it's a lot on your body. It really is. When you're seeing, you know, like with Junior Seau, I mean, yeah. he, you know, took his own life, but right. he wanted to have his brain studied because he knew something was wrong. Right. You're having, you know, multiple people do that, you know, right. in the past yeah. 10 years, and it's right. just the studies that are coming out. Yeah, you know it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what this sport in general is going to look like 10, 15 years from now. Because, like I was saying, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we did our sports episode, when you have mom might not want little Johnny to play football, yeah, just because just because of what's happening. Yeah. So they're pushing him to other sports: soccer, right. baseball, basketball, stuff like that. Right. So I mean, you're going to see, when everything that's implemented in the Little league goes to high school, goes to college, goes to pro. But it's just when you don't have, there's always going to be people that want to, you know, like you're saying before, get out of the situation that they're in. And sports might be their only revenue. Yeah. Right. But it's just, you know, what what is that going to look like in 10 to 15 years when all these studies are coming out of just 
everything that's you know happened like i played my whole adolescence to through high school and everything i i can't tell you how many concussions i've had and now i have you know i have migraines all the time my brother played four years in college right i mean and he has he's 24 23 he has the knees of like a 40 year old you know i mean it's just it's it's a hard so hard on your body and just when you're at that level too it just something's going to you know the bubble's finally going to break on something and it's just what's going to be the collateral damage you know what's it going to take out yeah i mean it's a real possibility we won't have football at some point in our lifetime yeah pro football it's pretty unlikely but there's a chance well i i I think now with injuries um I, i give you personal testimony what i'm going through um 51 be 52 august 25th and i think i stated earlier 45 that's when i started to see that you know something is wrong you know position i played was strong corner the left corner and i love hitting just as well as covering you know, my my mentality was I'm gonna stop a guy from catching a pass. And on that level, pro level, guys are great. They're so talented that you're not gonna stop a guy from catching a pass. So you you limit his production. So for example, I would approach the game if the guy averaged ten catches, let's say for 120 yards. Well, I would go in. Okay, he's not gonna get a hundred. You know, I'm going to limit his catches to three, four. And that was my mentality. Now, if I can shut him down the whole game, that's, that's, that's great. It's even greater. But that was my approach. But if I can catch a guy and, and hit him and catch him right, that what I live for every play. You know, just catching a guy, trying to catch a pass. You know, get him on his rib cage, try to break up his couple of ribs. Uh, I didn't want to take a guy out in his – career but just let them know you know i'm there yeah yeah, yeah. you you, you want it. you wanted to make the sports center right right highlight right you're not gonna make a highlight on me i'm gonna catch your ass and get you you know <laughs> and that was my mentality you know so and that's what they love about me that i was that type of guy that didn't mind hitting but what i didn't realize at that time which none of us knew that you know concussions and all of that. Man, there were games where I would hit a guy black out. Remember the smelling salt? They would come out oh, there yeah. and, and put that on your, under your nose? Yeah. And there were games, man, I'd black out for about five, ten seconds and just shake my head. Everything is black. And then I'm out there ready for the next play. You know? But studies were not done at that time. We didn't know what was going on with CTE, anything like that. And a lot of players experience that. And that's why we have problems now, you know. Uh, and and I can share this with you guys, but I remember when I did a test maybe three, four years ago, um, they did an MRI on me, and they found something on my brain, you know. So I, imagine, I only played four years. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and even I'm affected. With, with the CTE and all of this stuff. And what's sad about it is is that a lot of players um, going through this CTE litigation um, are being denied, you know, not getting a settlement, you know, um, and all of that. 
because of the strenuous things they have to go through, the NFL doctors and, and all of that. But I was smart enough to get my own lawyer on, my own doctor at the time, and was fortunate to, to get past that. But there are a lot of players, Aaron and Steve, I can tell you that are being denied right now who have problems. Yeah. And that's what's sad about the, about the NFL, you know. So I hope with the CBA, uh, this, you know, bargaining agreement coming up that they are able to take care of players uh, a whole lot better than what they're doing now. You know, because it's it's going to be a problem. Yeah. You know, because players are faster, they're bigger, they're stronger now. You got linemen running four, four, four. Oh, you, you you've got linemen that are probably running faster than what your your receiving core was yeah, doing at the crazy. combine twenty three years ago. I have never seen anything like it, man. I mean, it's like we were, before we went on the air, we we're talking about um, Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp. I mean, he ran a four nine at the combine, and yeah. he was oh, yeah. three hundred and forty pounds. Yeah. Three forty running a four nine. I mean, yeah. that is a lot of man crazy. trucking yeah. down the field, and he and, and he's going to be in every. He was in every play, pretty every much. Play. Everybody. I mean, getting hit. And, and there, so think and about this. We ran 40s out here in the parking lot one day, right? <laughs> and and I'm I'm 225. I'm going to spit my beer the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, it was uh, it was it was nice to see. I'm 225, and I ran like a 5'4 something, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy's 340 and is smoking me in the 40. Think about that. He's what six 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 seven something like that. Oh yes, yeah. Three hundred forty pounds, and he's running a sub five forty. Yeah, imagine that thing coming at you at full speed <laughs> as a quarterback, or even a running back. I remember training camp, um, and, and just to give you an example of star players compared to just mediocre players. Now, to be on that level, to make it on that level, you talented, you know, you you, you got some talent, but it's separation. It is. It's separation by position. Yeah. You know, when you look at uh, – if I look at just defensive backs position, Deion Sanders, he was just a special talent by, yeah. by himself. So – but players who were mediocre, who wasn't that star player like a Deion Sanders, didn't have to go through all of that. So I remember training camp where it was a run period and we had cover two. And cover two on defense is where the corner comes up and support the run and make it go inside um, for us containing the run. Make yep. sure it doesn't go outside of you. And Terry McDaniel was the left starting corner. I was backing him up. And Terry was probably, I think Terry McDaniel, if you look him up, maybe 5'8", five, 5'9", five, maybe 170". But can run. Mm-hmm. Terry was probably four two, four one. So Terry would come Man. up and ole the lineman because it was a pulling guard, and this guy had to be about three twenty, three ten, yeah, solid. So Terry didn't take the lineman on. You know, he just came up, supported the run. When the lineman came out, um, the pulling guard, he just ran around the lineman. He did his job. Well. I'm figuring, okay, Terry did it, did it. I'm going to do the same thing Terry did. (laughs) (laughs) Defense coordinator, we looked at film that day. The same thing he did now. So we looked at film that day, and this was training camp. And the defense coordinator, his name was Dave Adolph. And and I'm saying these names so you don't think I'm lying. You guys want to look them up. (laughs) He said, okay, yeah, yeah, defense coordinator at the time. 
and this was 1990, I think 91. So I did, I did the same thing Terry did. It was a run play, and who the running back was Bo Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not I'm fucking with Bo. Bo. <laughs> oh, the pulling goal. I'm coming up. Okay, I did my job containing run. I'm not hitting anybody. You know, I'm, I'm saving myself for the game. But defense coordinator called me out. He said, no, we drafted you to do this, do that. You're not going to do this. You're going to come up and take the lineman on. Man, the next day they had a run period that they extended it for about 10 minutes where I'm coming up, taking on a 310-pound guard. Jeez. Well, I, had to, I, had, I was the left corner. So on the sweep play, I'm running up in the right side. I'm actually hitting, this, hitting the guard with my right shoulder. And when I hit this guy, I probably bounced about 10 yards to the sideline. <laughs> That's how hard that guy was hitting me, you know. And, and ear pads came out. Oh, man. Chin strap. I had to buckle, but it, it was unbuckled by the time I hit this guy. Goodness. And L- you know, Looking out the ear hole. Yeah. You know what defense coordinator said? Run it again. <laughs> he did that shit about five or six times. Just to prove Yeah. So it was stuff back then where coaches didn't know, we didn't know yeah. what was CTE about, what we were going through, putting yeah. our bodies through at that time, you know. So that's the only problem I have with, with the league today, not taking care of their players mm-hmm. for the most part, you know. And, and, and that's a true testimony, man, where star players pretty much didn't have to. If they didn't feel like going them, you know, doing anything, if they were hurt, because the money that they put into those players, they didn't have to go through that. Yeah. You know, but veterans who were trying to make the team, trying to make a salary, whatever, was a star player. We had to do what we had to do. Yeah. You know. So, it's unfortunate. But, uh, and that's why the game, I don't miss it. You know, I, I, I love, you know, watching it. Enjoy watching it and all of that. But I don't miss it, man, at all. That's, I mean, if I see one thing changing, that's like what we saw. So, we saw the AFL yeah. for 10 weeks. They got rid of the kickoff. Yeah, if really if kickoff, anything yeah. happens with NFL, I can see them getting rid of the kickoff. And man, the punt. You think about the punt, too. You know. I could see that going because, I mean, you're talking about there's guys coming full speed at you. Man, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Man, I was on the kickoff team probably, and in, in, in there were number L1, L2, R1, R2. So it's from the sideline, you L1, which you on the sideline, and L2 is in inside, and it goes over yeah. to five to the hash mark. Same thing on the right side. Everybody hated to be on the hash mark. If you were three, four, five, and you kicking off, you running down, oh, that wall. You're oh, getting, yeah, man. you're getting hit. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember my rookie year, I was L2, L3. I think it was L3 or L4. And somebody got hurt. So I was the backup. They know any better. Just a stupid rookie. Gary, you, you L3, L4, we need you. So I go out there, man, I'm running full speed. And it was a fullback for the 49ers. Man, I should have known better because I'm <laughs> running down. And the guy, actually, they, they formed a wall. You know, they hold hands. Oh, right? yeah. This guy sat down like he squatted. He's like, oh, I'm about to get you. <laughs> and I'm just running full speed. I'm like, you know, just running, trying. I got to make team, make the team. And this guy 
actually took the crown of his helmet and just actually just went up in my chin. Yeah. Busted my chin open. And blood just just everywhere. Yeah. You know, and they had to take me to the locker room and just stitch me up. I think I got about eight, ten stitches that game. They make you you change your jersey? Oh, no. It it was black. Got away with it. But uh, it was with the Raiders then. Yeah. But I was like, no, y'all got to take me off this shit. (laughs) I'm not doing this shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not doing it. No. No more kickoffs. (laughs) Unless I'm L1. Yeah, there was a. My chin open, man. There was a show on a while um, about college football. It was just a comedy show, but. That was always the joke. The guys that were on special team were always yeah. this crazy group. And they're the only guys that hung out yeah. with the special team guys were the other special team players. Right. And it was the same way. They're all nuts, you know. Man. It takes a special type of guy to, to want to do that. And it's like my, my, my coach always said, like, special uh, special teams was just filled with special players. Yeah, right? you're yeah. special. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a bipolar to be on special teams, man. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you want to touch on the cigar for the last time? Yeah, uh, I think we're everybody's getting pretty close to done with it. What do you think, Gary? You like it? Man, I love it, and uh, it's been a while. I, I think uh, maybe two weeks ago when I was here, I actually smoked Triple Camacho, and, and it brought me back, man, when I started out smoking. So I'm really enjoying smoking, you know, smoking it again. So appreciate you guys having me, man, and. Drinking his good beer and smoking his triple Camacho. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was an episode I was – I think we were both really excited yeah. to really record. This is when we were really – I mean, when we first came up with the idea of the podcast, yeah. you know, I, I came up to you like, hey, we want to do this. Would you yeah. be interested? Yeah, you were the one of one of the first people and we were like, like, we got to yeah, have yeah, him definitely. on. Man, like, we got to do it again. Man. Yeah, man, we'll have you on again. Oh, yeah. It'll be great. We'll do another uh, – we'll do like a pre-Super Bowl show or something. Yeah. We'll have I you gotta on. I got to tell you stories next time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got plenty of stories, man. <laughs> I just want to name names. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, back on the cigar, um, you know, the Camacho Triple Maduro. It's got – to me, I don't really get that metallic note. I see where guys say that's what it is. I get I get just a little bit going from the second into the third. Mm-hmm. Um, once you're into the third, I don't get that metallic taste anymore. Um, but it's just, I mean, it's robust the whole way through, nice and spicy. Um, I mean, yeah, you feel like you ate a steak after you get oh, done with this and a, and a couple glasses of this, uh, Seamus style, oh, Imperial oh, definitely. style. I mean, but just all the tobacco in this, I mean, you got the, uh, the San Andreas, the Mex, uh, the Corojo Maduro and then Honduran, Dominican and Brazilian. I'm a big fan of Brazilian. Yeah. Um, and that's just, I mean, every part of the cigar is really, really good. I mean, even for the size, this is a size that I don't smoke, uh, normally I'm not a big cigar guy. I like big cigar guy. I like smaller cigars, but it's almost like you have to smoke this in the Gordo size to really appreciate the robustness, the fullness of this, you know, the Camacho Triple Maduro. I mean, just everything about it is, you know, going really, really well. Uh, Man, I I enjoy it when I come in and and, um, and, and light up and sit down and smoke. It is, I'm so relaxed, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, this cigar can definitely make you feel relaxed. I mean, just because it's so heavy, it just makes you, I can see it's just, yeah, you washes everything away for you know, it does. time yeah 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 well that's why when we knew we were having you on here i was like well hell we gotta smoke the triple maduro since he's gonna be on we can't give you no like little small no. connecticut or anything no. good, <laughs> choice. good choice yeah i'm feeling uh, good right now <laughs> uh just so you guys know um this cigar comes in a couple different sizes 
Um, so you've got the 11, it's called the 1118. Um, it's kind of a uh, Parejo, or I, I'm not real sure what you call it exactly, but uh, it kind of bubbles in the middle. Yeah, like so, like a foot, like that egg football. Yeah, kind of that kind shape, of yeah. yeah. Uh, the 660, which we're smoking, uh, Robusto and a, uh, a Figurato, um, a Corona. I think that's it. Which I've had this in the... We have the Robusto, have Robusto. right now. Um, which I... I'm a robusto guy. I think this is actually better as the uh, as the Gordo. Yeah, yeah, the 660 and even the Figurado is pretty good. That Corona, have you ever smoked that Corona? Not, not this. One. Yeah, that Corona size in this cigar is is small. It's a five and a half by forty four. Okay. Uh, it's a small cigar. It is it is a pepper bomb. It's a flavor bomb. Yeah, that thing is is hot. Um, I'll have to look for that. But yeah, this is one of my favorite Camachos. Um, I don't smoke it that often. Uh, I should. It's it's you know it's one of those cigars you just kind of it's been around for so long yeah. it gets passed over, right? Yeah. It's like we were talking with LFD. They have so many good cigars. You sometimes miss some of them. Same thing with Camacho. I mean, there's so many great cigars in Camacho, Davidoff, and Avo that some of the stuff gets left behind. Yeah, I smoked one of those Criollos the other day that I haven't smoked in a long time. Uh-huh. That's a cigar I don't smoke often, and I smoked it. I was like, gosh, this thing is spectacular. Oh, oh the Camacho one? Yeah, the yeah, Camacho it Criollo. It is a really good one. You just don't think about it, but yeah, it's a phenomenal cigar, but it, it gets passed over because there's so many good cigars in their line. So so one thing like this show is making us do, mm-hmm. it's making us smoke things that's not in our normal repertoire of cigars that we smoke. Because we smoke our... It's intentional. We smoke the things that we like the most, but we... We're pretty much we're smoking through our humidor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some stuff we're gonna really love, some stuff we're not. Right. But we're smoking things that we that we don't, you know, smoke on a regular basis just because we we need to, and we're just trying to, and we're gonna yeah. give our honest opinion on everything. So right. we're doing this, like I was saying before. I don't smoke Gordos, and I don't think you do either that often. that often. But it's just it's one of those things where it's kind of getting us back into a love of different cigars that we don't personally like yeah. Yeah. ourselves. But we're, it's kind of opening up a new thing for us. Yeah, See, and that's why I think Doug has my number. I'm bring up Doug one time. <laughs> Doug, you got to bring up Dougie Fresh. Yeah. See, Doug knows. He knows me well. Yeah. See, Doug said he he sets me up. So he gets me high on the cigars, right? And he starts selling me shit. You know, I don't think I'm bought by four lighters from Doug. You know, Brandon probably needs to give him a raise. Man. You know, Gary, you try this, you try that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think Doug, he, he got a plan setting me up to buy shit. Get me high, That's funny. So the game is called Million Dollars Butt. Okay. We're going to ask you a question, a scenario, or a question and something happens. It's a one-time deal, million dollars, and you just have to decide, do you take the money or do you not take the money? Okay. So You only get the million dollars once. But whatever happens, happens the rest of your life. Forever. Gotcha. So the question is this week, million dollars, but every time a celebrity dies, you have to unabashedly pick your nose and eat it in front of everyone. Oh! And if I do that, I get a million dollars. One time only. One time. Yep. But every time a celebrity dies, we'll say... An A-list celebrity dies. You have to, wherever you are, you got to go two knuckles deep, get that gold, and right in front of everyone. Well, hang on. Two knuckles, there's a debate, right? Because that's not considered a knuckle to some people. 
Who doesn't consider that a knuckle? <laughs> I'm just saying. There some people don't consider that a knuckle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you got to go to there, yeah. I don't think I can get my. That's what I'm saying. You got to go. Got to go That's up. That's way there. up there. It's a million dollars, one time only. No, I'm I'm fucked up right now. I can't. <laughs> my body going through all this shit. CTE, you know. I don't know what I might pull off my nose. <laughs> No, I got to pay us a million dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I pulled a piece of his brain, brain out. Man. You never know. <laughs> Damn. CTE particles coming out my nose. Oh, no. No. Yeah, oh, I don't think I'm taking it either. I was, so, odd conversation, but I was talking to my wife one day after the uh, the College World Series, you know, that Mississippi State player, they caught him picking his nose and eating it. Was it Mississippi State or Ole Miss? Uh, Either one, doesn't yeah, matter. It was, one of the Mississippi it was, schools. It was, it, was, it was Ole Miss. Yeah. Thanks, Mississippi. Arkansas is the number 49 state in every other category because of you. But, uh, yeah, they caught him on, on live television on ESPN picking his nose, and then he eats the booger. And they caught him on live television. So I, I talked to my wife about this the other day. I was like, what, what do people see in eating boogers? Like that does not sound appetizing to me. The texture is not particularly something I want to I want to feel in my mouth. Right. Like I, it, it makes no sense to me why people eat their boogers. Aaron's gonna throw up. <laughs> First of all, it's nasty. <laughs> Second of all, I have OCD. I'm with you. It's it, disgusting. It, 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 I work. Actually, we had a trainer who used to eat boogers. Oh. <laughs> no, he didn't. This was a grown ass man. Oh man. This guy. This, this guy, guy was, was a trainer, trainer. eating <laughs> boogers, man. Hang on, let him get over this for Aaron? a second. I'm sorry, Aaron. I have, guy I have a bad eat. gag reef. <laughs> How you time eat? Out. Just take the time out real quick. He knows. Oh, all right, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> there was an episode like two weeks ago. He gagged so hard, I thought for sure he was puking. Yeah. And, and we had to stop. I had to edit it all out. But, yeah, Aaron started man. gagging. I can tell you, that's why we got to do this again, because I got some stuff. <sighs> yeah. But now, nah, this guy was a trainer at Alcorn State. I'm not going to say his name, but this guy was <laughs> this was a grown-ass man eating boogers. I think after two years old, you eating boogers, something wrong with you. I've never eaten one. Even when I was a kid, it didn't seem like something I'd ever want to do. Are you taking the money, Aaron? Hell no. I'm not taking the money. No? I work around sawdust all damn day. I mean, they're... Have y'all ever eaten a booger? No. I mean, me probably, neither. I mean, when I was no. like a kid, maybe. I mean, no, that's no. disgusting. No, I think something wrong with you. I'm, I'm with you. No, I'm not. I'm not taking the money. That's, no, that's it, so I, gross. as bad as as mag as bad as I gag on stuff. Right. Just, oh yeah, there's no way you'd make it through it. Right. No, I couldn't. Do that's it. disgusting. Yeah. Eat your own so booger. I pass. <laughs> if it was like a one-time deal, hey, you eat one booger, I'll give you a million dollars. I'd probably do it. No. One time. No. I'm Shit, for a million dollars, I'd eat one of your boogers. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. All, oh, my God. First of all, I'm not no, I don't know what you guys eating <laughs> to eat boogers. No. I'm not doing it. I'd do it one time for a million dollars, but I'm not doing it every those, time. Those, That's those, disgusting. Those good old cigar shop boogers. You know, all oh, smoke yeah. Oh, it tastes like cigar, stale cigar smoke. Mm-mm. Oh, gross. man. No, That's I'm not gross. taking that money. That's gross. Yeah, there's no way. All right, you want to tell them what we're having next week now? So next week we are going to do um, our first infused cigar, um, or as some companies like to call them, non-traditional cigars. Um, so we're going to do the uh, the Drew Estate Tobacco Special uh, Dolce, um, which is more of kind of like a latte or or a little bit of a caramel kind of note to it. So it's going to be interesting. Do you smoke many flavored cigars, Gary? Oh yeah, uh, I may change up. 
drink coffee and do the flavor yeah. every now and, and again. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, I would do that. I don't smoke a ton of flavored cigars. We do them like when we get something new, we always try to try it. Um, and this last one, we actually figured out it, uh, it, I have a constant glucose monitor, so it reads my blood sugar every five minutes. Okay. So while I was smoking it, it actually raised my blood sugar a couple points. <laughs> yeah, we're, sit, we're sitting wow. here, and his, and his pump starts beeping. Wow. He's like, what the hell is that? And he was like, man, my sugar spiked. I was like, oh, shit, it was that cigar <laughs> you smoked. It was a sugar-tipped cigar. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't smoke a ton of them just because I don't like that much sweet most of the time. Right. But I will smoke that tobacco every once in a while. Yeah, right. It's a nice change, just to reset your palate a little bit, you know. Well, it's, it's on that level, uh, level of um, cafe. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can you can smoke with uh, while you're drinking coffee. Yeah, yeah. I would try that. That's what we might yeah. actually have to pair it with next week. Is yeah. maybe with like yeah, a, we'll have to get uh, Jim to send us some coffee. Uh, yeah. And give yeah. it a try. Yeah, do that. That's not a bad idea. It might be good with cappuccino. You never know. Oh yeah, latte's yeah. my thing. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This has been one of our one of our favorite episodes. Yeah, this has been this has been awesome. Y'all gotta have me back, man. We will for sure. Yeah, I will tell you stories next time. Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll have a whole episode just on Gary's no names, stories. But you, you be amazed, you know. It's not a PG show, right? <laughs> oh man, it would be fun. Yeah. Well, we look forward to uh, to talking to you guys next week, and uh, if you get a chance, go out and get you a Camacho Triple Maduro. Um, or before next week's episode, get you the uh, the Tobacco Special Dolce. Um, and make sure you hit the subscribe button on uh, you know whatever format you like to listen to the podcast. Also share it with your friends who yeah. might be cigar smokers or might just want to hear you know a former NFL player talk about stories and hear yeah. us just bullshit for an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. yeah. So hit us up on social media. Uh, you know we've we've had a lot of interaction over the last couple of weeks. We've really really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, we've we've had a lot of outreach from all over the world. Um, and it's been really, really interesting for us to get to interact with you guys. So make sure you're keeping that up. Uh, we really enjoy it, and we look forward to talking to you guys. We will see you next week. Later.